Well, welcome to DestinyMakers.org's weekly podcast, Design and Destiny. I'm Doreen Leckler. And for over 20 years, I've had the privilege and the blessings of empowering organizational leaders, athletes, cancer patients, everyday moms and dads, and purpose-seeking Christians with scientific tools that we know about how the mind works, as well as the scriptural truths that release greater God-given potential by learning how, how to renew and master your mind. Why? Because it's the quality of your thinking that will determine the quality of your life. So subscribe and join in each week as we discuss topics that will help you live to better glorify God, annihilate negativity, overcome obstacles, and win in life. Now, last week, we began a new series on the secret to hearing God's heart for you. And I talked about fasting. And sadly, fasting, it's a spiritual discipline that really isn't taught much. It's not talked about much or encouraged and practiced much in most Western churches today. Some will make it a January New Year's tradition. And I know of ministry groups who from time to time will issue a call to fasting to seek God's intervention on a particular issue. But by and large, fasting is not something that's commonly practiced in today's culture where our dominant ethos in society is to satisfy every whim, every feeling, every desire we have the minute we have it. Now, sure, you may have heard or read about intermittent fasting because that's becoming kind of like a popular fad, a popular practice for longevity of life, like for health reasons, anti-aging, that movement or weight loss, but not as a spiritual endeavor that we abstain from food for spiritual purposes. Because over and over, we are inundated in our culture with messages that indulgence is to be admired and denial, denying ourselves of anything, it's demonized. So why in the world would you refuse your feelings, your needs, your body? Why would you choose to fast before the Lord? And what are the purposes and the benefits of fasting? Well, I mentioned the first reason last week, and it's this, that It's an expectation of God on par with praying, worshiping, giving, studying scripture, interceding for others and more. And one of the clearest evidences comes directly from Jesus in the gospel of Matthew and his sermon on the Mount. Go back and read it. See, Jesus doesn't say, if you pray, he says, when you pray, it's an expectation. He doesn't say, if you give, but when you give. And in the same way, he goes on to say, he de- or let me say it this way, he doesn't say, if you fast, he says, when you fast. In other words, fasting is not an option. It's an opportunity to draw closer to God. It's not to be undertaken as a burden, but as a portal to blessings. Now, There are many references to and examples of fasting in the scriptures. Do you know, in fact, it's mentioned over 70 times in both the Hebrew scriptures or what we call our Old Testament and the New Testament, whether it's done as a private one-on-one offering to God or as like a corporate undertaking. So today in this podcast, I'd like to give you just an overview, an overview of the reasons for fasting 
along with some excellent resources for fasting, as well as just some practical tips to get you started to regulate your fasting for greater intimacy and insight and instruction from your heavenly father. Now, next week, I'll get into several biblical examples and reasons that the Hebrews and the early Christian church used for fasting. But in each case that I'll share with you next week, it's the same root cause purpose that was at play, which is to humble ourselves, to humble ourselves before God. It's the number one thing that blocks our blessings is that when we refuse to humble ourselves before God. See, your soul, which is your mind or the intellect, your will and your emotions, the soul often wars against the things of the spirit. And Jesus warned his disciples of this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Read Matthew 26, 41, when he told them not to fall into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, the body and soul want what the body and soul want, and we often give into it, give into them. And fasting, fasting is more than just mere words or church dogma about dying to self. Fasting is dying to yourself, your self-will, your self-ego, your self-determination, your self-preservation. Fasting is a dedicated, tangible, intentional offering of yourself to God, where you really demonstrate your seriousness to one, pursue a deeper intimacy with God, two, put your hunger and thirst for him above your hunger and thirst for the things of the flesh. Three, it talks about, uh, it shows or demonstrates your seriousness to kind of quiet the distractions and the busyness of your life to hear his heart, and also then to elevate his spirit and his will in you over your body and your will that often controls you. You know, and the ancient Hebrews understood this. See, the concept of humbling or denying, or oftentimes the word we'll see in scripture is afflicting, the concept of afflicting themselves before the Lord always entailed the practice of fasting and praying, but we'll get into more on that next week. See, in our Western world of plenty, there's no other discipline greater than fasting to humble and to subdue our self-will and our self-ego. You and I are only strong in Christ where you choose to be weak in yourself. Read 2 Corinthians 12.10. And as I heard a pastor once say, you only live where you are willing to die. To self, that is. So let me give you now a few really wonderful resources that I've come across that have been a huge help to me as I've studied and prepared for fasting. I mean, mean, these are in no way exhaustive. In fact, I would love if you would add to this list by sharing any books or podcasts or articles that have blessed you. And in fact, why don't you list them in the comments section 
and go to our destinymakers.org community on Facebook so that we can compile a powerful list that will really help bless one another. But let me give you some of the ones that I have read and have uh, really blessed me. One is Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. Now, this is an older book, but it's been repackaged for its 40th anniversary. And in his book, he talks about all the spiritual disciplines, but he has a terrific uh, chapter on fasting. Another great book is Dallas Willard's book titled The Spirit of the Disciplines. And again, likewise, that offers great insights into the spiritual disciplines, including fasting. Another book is Arthur Wallace's book. Uh, he published God's Chosen Fast, God's Chosen Fast. Now, again, this is a much older book, but it is timeless, and it is really deeply rich on the topic of fasting. Joyce Myers has a book on fasting. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, read some of his writings on fasting. Or Google Derek Prince Ministries and listen to his outstanding sermon on fasting. And then a recent publication that I just love and I've been using as it's written as a daily devotion. So it walks you through a 21 day fast. It's by Pastor Dave Patterson and it's called Pursuit. Pursuit. Again, it's like a 21 day devotional and it's excellent, just excellent. And it also has a workbook that's available if you choose to say lead a group in corporate fasting. So again, I'd love to hear any resources that you found that shed some insight and encouragement into your deeper devotion to God through fasting. So let me leave you now here with some practical advice. This is just practical uh, advice, fasting etiquette for you to consider before you start as you pursue more of God through fasting. And if you'd like, you can click on the link in the comments if you'd like to download this list that I've prepared for you. The first practical advice is this. Please follow Jesus' warning not to make a public spectacle of yourself. Don't look sad and forlorn and don't tell everyone that you're fasting or you'll lose your reward in heaven. Second, if you have a family and you're the one who typically prepares the meals, consider making several meals in advance. Soups, casseroles, lasagna, chili, anything you can freeze or refrigerate in advance so that you're not making it harder on yourself trying to cook and smell everything, uh, you know, while you're fasting. Third, um, don't overindulge yourself before you fast thinking, oh my gosh, I have to fill up my gas tank to full because you'll actually stretch out your stomach and you'll feel hungrier as you're approaching what would have been your next meal. Fourth, if you do a partial fast, you know, in other words, you might eat one meal, but fast the rest of the day, or you might abstain from food and break your fast later in the day. Be careful to stay away from simple carbs like uh, breads, pastas, crackers, cereals, and so on. And, you know, not only do they not actually give you uh, the, the nutrients, in other words, they lack the ne necessary nutrients, but they metabolize quickly in your body, which causes like spikes in blood sugar, causing you know, them to go up and down, which, which actually brings about emotional swings and greater hunger cravings. So watch out for those simple carbs. Five, 
if you're going for a full fast, be prepared that the first day or two is going to feel hard. You'll likely experience headaches or weird dreams, restless sleep. Uh, you may feel weak and experience body aches, muscle aches. So your body is actually going through a detoxing period from certain foods and drinks and chemicals that are in them. But if you persevere, you will find, and I promise I've done this before, you'll find that by say day two and a half or day three, you'll actually feel good. You'll feel even better than usual. You'll have greater calmness and clarity and strength, and you really won't feel so hungry. It's amazing. Six, if you do slip up and give in, don't give up. If you give in, don't give up. Just confess your weakness and ask the Holy Spirit for forgiveness and his strength and endurance. See, when I'm struggling and I'm feeling hunger pains, what I'll often do is it reminds me to pray and reach out to God. And I'll often declare, God, when I am weak, you are strong. Use my weakness to glorify your strength in me. Seven. Whether you're doing a full or a partial fast, slow down your life during this time. I mean, don't just abstain from food and then schedule your routine as usual. You don't want to do strenuous exercising during this time. Your body will feel a little more weak, and it's meant to, so listen and respect it. Another piece of advice that I personally have used is that um, I have used twinings probiotic tea. Now, Twinings is a brand. It's uh, T-W-I-N-N-I-N-G-S. You can find it in most grocery stores, but it's, it's Twinings probiotic tea of peppermint and fennel. And it's just a great way to calm the acidic activity that might be churning in your stomach. Ninth, use the time that you'd be eating to retreat to a quiet place, to be with God. Now, it's fine to let God know your needs and to pray and beseech him, but be confident of this. He already knows. So why not spend the time, instead of just talking to him, to worship him? Worship. And then listen to what he has been longing to tell you, but you've been too busy or distracted to hear. See, he loves you, and he is jealous for this time with you. So listen. Sit quietly, hear what God has to say. A 10th piece of advice is to have a journal or a workbook on hand to cap, you know, capture these moments of intimacy and what you hear from the Lord, the impressions that you feel, the revelation you receive from the Holy Spirit. See, write them out so that you can go back and remember and dwell on and affirm the path that God's laying out for you. It will not only be a benchmark, but it will become a testimony for you to glorify God to others. Eleven, I recommend that you come to your secret place with worship music. That's usually how I start um, through worship music. It just helps to kind of quiet my mind and help me focus. If you like singing, sing or read the Psalms, the Psalms, not all of them, but the ones that glorify and praise the Lord and celebrate. 
celebrate the abundance of God's blessing in your life. If you are listening to this and you live in the Western world, we, have, we don't even begin to comprehend lack. We have so much. And so express that, express your joy, express your gratitude, name the things that you are grateful for and how God has filled your life to overflowing. And you'll fully feel and embrace the Father's love for you in a greater measure. 12. When you may undertake fasting to speak, uh, you know, to seek specific answers from God. In other words, you're coming to the fast with something really specific um, in mind. Keep in mind that while you are going to God seeking one specific thing, he actually may have something else, something better somewhere else that he wants to take you. See, he already knows your needs and your desires, and he wants to honor this time as much as you do. So be open, be open, listen, listen with your heart and trust this time in his hands. 13, if you fast for any length of time, <laughs> you'll notice just how inconvenient it is to your lifestyle. I mean, you'll recognize just how much our society socializes over food. I've had to quietly and politely decline three weeks of dinners with friends and family. I mean, that's actually been harder than the fasting itself. And it's really been quite an eye opener for me. <laughs> We're very social people, my husband and I. And oh my goodness, I mean, this has seemed like the longest time simply because of not my hunger, but how we've had to, to, to adjust our social life during this period. Well, 14, you'll likely have a new appreciation or maybe possibly a disgust for just how much you indulge rather than deny your body of its cravings. And if you do, Thank the Holy Spirit for this revelation in your life and ask for his leading to help you subdue your body even after you end your specific time of fasting. 15, once you get beyond the initial hangries, that's funny, it's a new word I learned recently, you know, that cranky anger that might arise when you're hungry, the hangries, that's hunger and angry put together, you really should really have a, a deeper sense of peace and calm than usual. You'll feel less worried, um, less hurried, less stressed. The small things won't matter quite as much. You'll notice that. And the big things are more quickly turned over to God. And in the same way, number 16, you'll experience a heightened sensitivity to your environment and to the people around you, to the needs of others around you. See, as you tame and minimize your self-ego, ego, you'll have more space for the love and concerns of others. And your spirit will sense it. It's really amazing. And then lastly, number 17. When you finish your fast, 
be kind to your body. Don't just kind of rush back in to old unhealthy habits, particularly if you've been doing a full fast. Reintroduce some of the foods that you eat slowly, particularly uh, simple carbs, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, and the like. Come in with more fruits and vegetables. Again, be kind to your body. You've been fasting and detoxing. Don't just throw everything at it again. Now, again, I've made this list available for you to download if you'd like. It's in the comments section. And as I requested that you share any fasting resources earlier, I'd also ask you to share and invite and add to this list. So please add any uh, thoughts, insights, um, examples, experiences that you have had that might help others. So next week, we'll dive into the eight purposes for fasting that we find in scripture. And you'll see just how powerful and significant these times were for the people of Israel, as well as how lovingly, uh, mercifully, abundantly God responded when they humbled their hearts. And he longs to do the same for you. So grace and peace to you this week as you pray and as you ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and direction over fasting in your life. So I look forward to seeing you next week.